House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19 at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today, the game is different. I want to gamble. Gambling is a very serious business. Is that clear? Hello, everyone. Welcome to House of Cars. This is Ashley Adams. I'm your host for the hour. We are very fortunate. We have really a wonderful guy and a very smart uh, poker player, writer. He's written a new book. His name is Matt Matros. The book is The Game Plan, How Casual Players Become Threats in No Limit Hold'em Tournaments. We'll be talking to him about his book, about his life, about his writing, Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a break. Football is back, and the only place you need to go for all your college and pro betting action is PointsBet.com. If you haven't signed up with PointsBet, now is the perfect time. Awesome daily promos, odds boosters you won't find anywhere else, early payout promos, it's all at PointsBet.com, and you can bet from anywhere in New Jersey using your mobile device. And now PointsBet has a brand new offer for you, New Jersey, to welcome back football. Sign up using our promo code HOUSE. That's promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. And you'll receive a free $100 bonus with a deposit of $50. That's right. You deposit $50, and you'll be able to bet with $150. Football is back, and PointsBet is the place to be. Remember, you deposit $50, you bet with $150. And make sure you use our promo code HOUSE to get this special sign-up offer. That's promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. PointsBet. Stay sharp. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BABE16, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. Ooh, Six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code BABE16. That's BABE16 because without it, no free stuff. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com, and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com.
help your fans. You're listening to House of Cards. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, We are very fortunate. We have, I think, one of the really smart, nice guys and accomplished players in the poker world who is an author. His name is Matt Matros. He's written a new book. I think it's his second. The new book is The Game Plan, and it's really a guide for players, amateurs like, uh, like me, who are interested in playing in a major tournament and uh, getting a strategy that works, not just theoretically, but in practice. So we're here with Matt. Matt, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. So tell our listeners, first of all, who may not know you, uh, a little bit about your background and how you came to the poker world and tournament success. Sure. Uh, No problem, Ashley. Well, I started playing poker as a kid, as a teenager, in home games uh, on Friday nights with my buddies. And it was fun, but I wasn't really taking it very seriously. In fact, I had no strategy at all. And then when I turned 21, I started reading poker books for the first time and sort of realized, oh, wow, you can actually play this game and think at the same time. So just kind of throw your chips in and have soda and beer and whatever. Um, And as I studied it more, I started taking it more and more Seriously, fast forward a few years, and I'm in grad school studying fiction writing, and I'm playing poker uh, semi-professionally. I'd say I'm supporting my grad school habit by playing poker and getting a little money coming in to help pay tuition and just pay some bills. And then at the very end of my time in grad school, I happened to come in third in the World Poker Tour Championship in Bellagio for a big score. And that gave me a bankroll to actually be a real professional poker player and have poker as my primary source of income for the last 15 years. And I've, throughout that time, I've had times where I've played a ton of poker and other times, like more recently, where I haven't played as much. And that's during those downtimes, I tended to focus more on writing. And the new book, The Game Plan, is a product of that, some of that downtime. I see. So take us back to uh, when you were first really learning seriously as an earnest student and tell us some of the writers, some of the maybe players that you read that helped you amplify your skills. Well, the very first book I read, I don't even know if I can find it anymore. It's by a guy named Ken Warren. It was about limit Hold'em. <laughs> and, um, Ken Warren. Yeah. <laughs> that was, um, and just going from no knowledge at all to some knowledge was a big jump. And then, of course, the uh, Sklansky books, the you know the theory of poker and Hold'em for Advanced Players, which everyone was pretty much reading in the late 90s, early 2000s. I certainly read them as well. And the theory of poker especially got me thinking a bit more. But what really gave me the leap, I would say, is the conversations I've had with the more mathematically inclined or game theory focused players, Bill Chen, Jared Enkinman, Matt Haverlenko, Terrence Chan, those guys were all reading the RGP, Rec. Gambling, Dead Poker Forum back in its heyday in the late 90s, early 2000s. These are news groups for some of you younger people who might not even know what that part of the Internet was like. But that's kind of how we chatted back then before social media. And that's how I met some of those guys. And they really opened my eyes to how poker could be played, tournament poker specifically. And um, I used their work to kind of launch my own thinking and inquiries into good strategy, good planning. And yeah, those are, those are the main sources of wisdom for me, but also there's great value in having other players who you come up with. And for me, that was Russell Rosenblum and also Robert Wang. You might know him as action Bob around New Jersey, who whenever you're playing, you can just bounce hands off of all the time and constantly reassess your strategy. And so those guys are probably how I improved the most. Okay. I, you know, it's interesting. I, I met you, I, I think, actually a few times, but I remember most vividly meeting you in a charity tournament in uh, Port Chester, I think, for um, MS, multiple sclerosis. Did you? Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember seeing you at that tournament a few times, I think. I used to go to that tournament every year, and I still try to go 
most years. And so, yeah, I remember seeing you there a few times. It's, it's a great event. Uh, and I, we always have fun there. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I was wondering, as you were recounting your history with the different players, Bill Chen and Jared Ackerman and a few others, if you were part of an RGP, of course, which is how I got my start, did you are you a member of the Arge community? Do you play barge, and have you ever played in those tournaments? I feel like I'm a member emeritus. I certainly feel like a member of the Arge community. <laughs> I haven't played barge in a while, but I used to play a lot of them. I mean, I used to play barge every year. I used to play at large, which is in Atlantic City, and Fargo, which is in Foxwoods every year. I have even played Escargot, which is in L.A., which is quite oh, yeah. far from me. I live in Brooklyn. Um Interesting. I, but I haven't played an Arge event in some time. I, I played the last one I played. I played at bars when I happened to be in Vegas, anyway, for an event on the now defunct Epic Poker Tour, which <laughs> I think must have been in 2012 or 2013, one of those years. Uh, and so they, they happened to coincide with a barge. So I, I think I, I think the last Arge I played was that was that barge. Although I, I also snuck away to an at large around that time as well. But it's been at least five years since I've played any of them, unfortunately. I do really enjoy those events. I just haven't had the time to schedule them. Do you still play? Do you, did, you, did you play those, or do you ever I play, still play those? I play only at uh, Fargo, and it used to uh-huh. be at Foxwoods. It's now at Mohegan Sun. Uh, okay. And those, a lot of those players and I are friends, and they have a weekly game that I very occasionally sit in on. And listeners, we're going to cut away. We'll be back after a quick break. Eighty-five years ago, William Hill bet on himself and started the largest sports betting company in the world. America's number one sportsbook is available to you, New Jersey, just in time for football action. Now it's time to trust yourself. Download the William Hill app and get ready to prove yourself right all season long. Sign up using promo code HOUSE50 and take advantage of William Hill's Bet 50, Get 50 promotion. Once you create your account, make $50 in wagers and you'll receive $50 cash. It's that simple. Make one big $50 bet or a bunch of little bets. As long as you bet 50, you get 50. No, not bonus money. And there's no playthrough requirement. You get $50 real cash. That's promo code HOUSE50 at William Hill in New Jersey. William Hill Sports Betting, America's number one sports book. Get in the game, New Jersey. Must be 21 or older and physically present in New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 800gambler.org. You're listening to House of Cards. Where was the house? Where was the house of cards? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to House of Cards. For listeners who've just tuned in, we're speaking to the great player and writer Matt Matros, who's just come out with a new book uh, that we're talking about, although we haven't really gotten to it yet. Matt, I I had a question for you about your writing. Um, Sure. You mentioned Bill Chen and Jared Ackerman and a couple of other people that really helped you develop your tournament strategies out of a math-based GTO kind of uh, way of looking at things. What I was struck by as I read your book, and I want to get a little into the writing in, in a few minutes, but it seemed to me that your writing style was very much like somebody I think of as the premier poker writer today, and that's Ed Miller. And I think you mentioned him in your acknowledgments, and I'm wondering what, if any, connection you have to Ed Miller, who writes these wonderfully accessible, very strategically useful poker books. Sure. Ed's a friend of mine. He's a great guy in addition to being a great writer and a great poker player. And yeah, he really showed me the ropes about every part of this self-publishing a poker strategy book process down to details you would never even think of that I don't even want to bother getting to. But just for example, like trying to pick the right font or typesetting and like that kind of stuff, the stuff you would never even occur to you. Uh. He was, no, there was no question too small for him. So I'm really grateful to Ed for all his help through the process. And yes, I really tried to take his example and use, of course, my own voice and my own 
writing style, but his his clarity and his strategic his logical strategic approach that is accessible, as you say, to use your word to players on who are not necessarily rank beginners, but who aren't don't consider themselves professionals. I think he really finds a niche uh, in the literature that it really isn't there anywhere else in, in the poker books that I've read. And so I, I, yes, I very much had Ed in the back of my mind while working on this book, although it is, it is the final product is very much my own, but it's, but I have Ed to thank for its existence really. Yes. Well, his, his clarity of writing certainly shows. I, I didn't realize that you were a uh, a student of writing. And tell us about your overall theory in the game plan and how an amateur or a not very accomplished professional could go to a major event and have a shot at winning better than the shot he might have if he just took the historic advice of play really tight and try to last as long as you can. Yeah, that's exactly the advice that the book is trying to correct, for lack of a better word. So a lot of advice you'll hear for new players is just go in there. You can't be too careful. You don't want to go broke early on. You don't want to lose big pots. You want to wait until you have a pretty strong hand before you commit a lot of chips. And then there isn't much advice around the edges, like how you build your chips or when to take shots at small or medium pots. The advice is just basically don't get into involved in a big pot without a big hand and don't get involved in earlier middle position without good starting hands. And then after that, you're kind of on your own. And I want to do a bit better than that because I see a lot of people who are really earnestly trying to succeed in poker. They're not really committed to being professionals, but they play a few tournaments every year. They have regular jobs. They don't, they know they're not as good as the best players in the field and they want to give themselves a chance. And to me, tightening up and playing ultra cautiously is the exact opposite way to give yourself a chance against such players. So my book tries to come up with a series of rules that help players avoid these leaks, avoid playing too tight and too passive without end up going too far in the other direction, which is quite important as well. So I, I still call for a tight preflop approach in my book for these players, but it's nowhere near as tight as you might see in other places. And I still call for, I call for quite a bit of aggression in certain Parts, but the the philosophy is to be aggressive up to a point and then to back down. And it, the book gives a structured way to do that. And you know, I had this plan in my head that I could teach casual players this this approach in just a few pages, and it would only be a section of a big book. But as t- it turned out that even crafting a strategy like this was harder than I expected, and crafting it was very hard. I think the end result is still simple enough to be digestible in that the book is only, quote-unquote, 140 pages. But I think I tried to make it as succinct as, as I could, but had to expand to a certain level just to just to get in every, every idea that I, that I want. I, all the rules that I put in the book, I believe, are essential. So it's a short book, but it's, it's packed with useful information. And I think the idea is that a casual player can read it relatively quickly, absorb the information relatively quickly and in a you know matter of months or even weeks can turn it around and use this approach in a big tournament and they will not be committing any major mistakes which i think is a huge goal for uh casual players and i think often what happens is not that the pros are so much are, are smarting them so much but that they're de- the casual players are defeating themselves with kind of obvious leaks or blunders or whatever term you want to use and so the book really tries to correct that instinct in them I think it does. And uh, for listeners who are thinking about the book, I got to tell you, it's really only 128 pages of direct instruction. There are a few pages at the beginning and a few pages at the end of introduction and acknowledgments and things. So it's really short. And I wonder, Matt, if when you were writing it, uh, you found, as I have found, you know, I write, write stuff too, that it's really impossible as much as you try to write simple instructions without finding yourself having to say, well, yes, but here's an exception. Um, and I don't really want to get into all of the details, but I'll give one example. Uh, as you're trying to give a very linear explanation of how to play certain hands, I think, if I recall correctly, you say, well, but there is an exception for set mining. And when you get into set mining exceptions, there's C, rule 2C, and it becomes 
in spite of our attempts to make it really simple, the nature of the game is such that it does get a little complicated no matter how much you try. Did you find that to be the case? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, poker is a very complicated game. And even just to create a self-consistent set of rules that I thought would be effective for beginners, I found myself having to revise rules and realize I had contradictory rules if, if people follow them to the letter. And I had to kind of have other poker players read it to make sure I wasn't missing something. And sure enough, I, I hadn't, there were situations I hadn't covered that I had to go back and cover with other rules. So, yes, it's complicated. And so just to cover it with consistent and strong rules was an enormous task. And then on top of that, yes, there is an impulse, especially as a poker player, to keep, and I, I had to cut a lot of sentences like this that were like, but if you really wanted to get better at poker, you would consider these eight other factors when making this play. <laughs> and that's not the point of this book. I had to remember that that's the kind of thing that ends up sending casual players down this rabbit hole where they don't want to go because they get too focused on a very specific or very um, unlikely situation that may come up at the poker table and they miss the bigger picture of crafting a strong overall strategy. Now, having said that, as you point out in the book, there are still there are still rules, there's still exceptions to some earlier rules that come up in later rules. It's not as if, I mean, there's just no way you can be good at poker knowing like three or four things. I start the book with an epigraph from Albert Einstein that says, Every, keep, things should be kept as simple as possible, but no simpler. And that's really the ethos <laughs> that drives the book. I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with a simple plan as I can that's still effective, but such a plan is still not not as simple as the rules for a plan for, say, Tic-Tac-Toe or Connect Fours, because poker is such a more complicated game than that. And if, if I want to be realistic, and I want, if I want to give my readers a real chance in big tournaments, then they need to know a few things. There's a tiny bit of poker theory in the book, and then I explain value betting and bluffing. And there's a tiny bit of memorizing of short, short stack plans uh, and other opening ranges and stuff. There's There's a little bit of that that kind of information listeners we're going to cut away we'll be back after a quick break borgata made history by becoming the first atlantic city casino to offer land-based sports betting now one year later borgata adds to its history by launching its own online sports betting platform BorgataSports.com. BorgataSports.com players can enjoy the same range of sports bets currently offered at Borgata's land-based sportsbook, the new Moneyline Bar and Book. You'll find straight bets, parlay bets, live in-game betting, and much, much more at BorgataSports.com. And now when you sign up at BorgataSports.com using our promo code HOUSE, that's H-O-U-S-E, you get a risk-free bet up to $300 and 20 bonus dollars at BorgataCasino.com. Borgata has made history again with BorgataSports.com. Sign up today with promo code HOUSE and get your risk-free bet up to $300 and your $20 bonus money at BorgataCasino.com. Your favorite casino is now your favorite sportsbook. Available anywhere in New Jersey. BorgataSports.com. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com, and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards, and you know this show keeps me busy traveling around the country. Do you hear all that noise behind me? That's a casino floor in Atlantic City. Even though I'm around all this excitement, I still need a good night's sleep, and that's why I bring my pillow everywhere. Now, don't get me wrong, the hotel rooms here are very comfortable, but some of their pillows aren't the best for my back and neck. That's why my pillow is a must for me when I travel. And now there's a great new deal being offered by the folks at my pillow. 
For a limited time, House of Cards listeners can receive a very special offer. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special tab, and use promo code CARDS or call 1-800-319-7913 to take advantage of this four-pack special. You'll get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. MyPillow.com with promo code CARDS. That's promo code CARDS to take advantage of this four-pack special. Better sleep starts with MyPillow. Borgata made history by becoming the first Atlantic City casino to offer land-based sports betting. Now, one year later, Borgata adds to its history by launching its own online sports betting platform, BorgataSports.com. BorgataSports.com players can enjoy the same range of sports bets currently offered at Borgata's land-based sportsbook, the new Moneyline Bar and Book. You'll find straight bets, parlay bets, live in-game betting, and much, much more at BorgataSports.com. And now when you sign up at BorgataSports.com using our promo code HOUSE, that's H-O-U-S-E, you get a risk-free bet up to $250 and 20 bonus dollars at BorgataCasino.com. Borgata has made history again with BorgataSports.com. Sign up today with promo code HOUSE and get your risk-free bet up to $250 and your $20 bonus money at BorgataCasino.com. Your favorite casino is now your favorite sports book. Available anywhere in New Jersey. BorgataSports.com. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19 at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. When it comes to online sports betting, PlaySugarHouse.com offers players one of the best experiences in the state of New Jersey. They offer live in-game betting on sporting events worldwide, money line bets, point spreads, prop bets, play-by-play bets, and many more. All at PlaySugarHouse.com, your new home for sports betting in New Jersey. Take advantage of one of their 12 easy deposit methods to get in on all the action. And now when you sign up at PlaySugarHouse.com using our promo code HOUSE, they'll match your first deposit up to $250. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Dave Weishaddle from House of Cards with your House of Cards Gaming Report for the week of October 14, 2019. New Jersey gaming regulators have approved Caesars Entertainment's choice for regional president of its properties in the state. Ronald Bauman has been given a temporary casino license to run Caesars properties in Atlantic City, which includes Caesars, Bally's, and Harrah's Resort. Bauman previously was the general manager and senior vice president of the Indiana Grand Racing and Casino. Stone's Gambling Hall near Sacramento, California, has retained a former U.S. prosecutor to look into cheating allegations that were uncovered during a live stream of a poker game. Attorney Michael Lipman will investigate whether Mike Postal allegedly cheated at a poker game at the casino during a live stream. The casino has stopped all live streaming of poker games during the course of this investigation. And finally, two people pled guilty on federal charges for the sale of prescription drugs to a casino employee. The sale took place at the Grand River Casino in South Dakota, and in exchange for the drugs, the casino employee added points to their players' reward cards. Those points were later redeemed for cash. I'm pretty sure that's not the kind of comps the casino had in mind. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. prison in Philadelphia becomes the number one haunted attraction in America. Terror behind the walls at Eastern State Penitentiary presented by Luke Oil. Are you brave enough to opt in for a more intense experience? You could be grabbed, sent into hidden passageways, and even separated from your group. This is terror like you've never felt. Save $10 with coupons from any Luke Oil location. TerrorBehindTheWalls.com You're listening to the House of Cards. Okay, let's play some damn cards.
everybody. Welcome back. This is Ashley Adams, your host on House of Cards. For listeners who have just tuned in, we're speaking to the great player and writer Matt Matros, who's just come out with a new book uh, that we're talking about. To, to make it distinct from something like uh, David Sklansky wrote a book in the early 2000s about tournament poker, where yes. he included something called the system. Yes, yes, which I've was read a, that. which was a set of <laughs> rules, a set of rules for players in no limit hold'em tournaments who didn't even have to know the rules of poker. All it was was you looked at your cards and decided to go all in or fold, and that's all you had to memorize. Right, right. And so that that's not for casual players. That's for even non-players, and literally anybody could have followed this if they wanted to. Now that's not going to be that's not going to give you a realistic chance in a big tournament if you're a casual player, and it's not going to. But it is going to be better than. If you had to teach someone poker and give someone a plan to, to try to win some money in a big tournament in 10 minutes, and they never they didn't even know the rules, you should definitely try Sklansky's system. But if you actually know how to play a little poker, I wanted to try to give you a bit better chance. And if I wanted to be realistic about that, then I wanted to say, okay, I need to trust my casual players enough that they can understand that, yes, 90% of the time you should do this, but every once in a while I will give you this rule about, as you say, set mining or giving you there, – there are a couple places where I give the readers the option. Um, one is about re-raising in a squeeze situation, which is when there's been a raise in several callers. That's a spot where you're allowed to kind of go off on your own and the rules don't necessarily right. dictate your play. And another one is when you're getting close to being all in, I have to kind of say, all right, but you have to be on your own here a little bit because if you're going to be all in very soon – you have to plan ahead for that, and there's. I just can't really give you a set of instructions for every different portion of your stack that may be at risk, and so you're going to have to take into account these three factors. But for the most part, my readers don't take into account very much. They just kind of follow the rules, and the spots where they, spots where they do have to think for themselves, I'm hoping, will help them start learning how to really think about the game in a structured way in general, and a- after they've kind of mastered the game plan, they can use it to further improve their game, and hopefully I'll write another book someday where they can get beyond this kind of basic level of competence that I'm striving for in the game plan. Um, all very interesting, and it raises a question about another aspect of your profession, and that is coaching. I could see this book being the textbook that you would require as preliminary reading to a more personal, hands-on observation and coaching of a student. Uh, how does somebody hook up with you if they want to be coached, and, and what coaching have you done? Yeah, I've been coaching for pretty much my whole career. I, something I really enjoy doing, and I'm always looking for new clients. So you can reach out to me at Twitter at, at Matt underscore Matros. That's at M-A-T-T underscore M-A-T-R-O-S. I can also be emailed at jacksup at mattmatros.com. Um, I'm pretty easy to find online, really. So if you want to shoot me a message any of those ways about coaching, I'd be happy to get back to you. And, yeah, I give I, – anyone who signs up for coaching will get a copy of my book for free. So that's another little incentive. And depending on what the skill level of the player is, I might use the book pretty heavily or pretty lightly. But I do, I do think that whatever your, your level is, I can – use the book for certain things. So I have a, I had a, a, one client who was a little bit beyond the casual player level, but I still went over all of my hands from the World Series of Poker main event that are in the book with her and, and kind of talked her through them. And so for those who don't know, there are 14 hands that I've actually played in World Series of Poker main events that I include in the book. They're in the book so that you would see how the game plan would have handled them. But if you're a bit more experienced, you can also think about them at a higher level and maybe you'll get some new ideas about how to approach a big tournament or a certain stack size situation or um, a specific tactic you hadn't thought about um, employing in your own tournament life for whatever reason. So I think there's, there's a little something for everyone. The book is definitely aimed at casual players, but I've already had a few experienced players tell me that they've gotten stuff out of the book anyway, even if they weren't the ones who are, are going to turn around and follow all the rules. Right. Well, I want to get kind of go back to something you just mentioned, and that is World Series of Poker. We've had a lot of poker writers on the air. We've talked to them about their books, about their experiences, but very few who have won two bracelets. And I think, have you won two bracelets? I've actually won three bracelets. Three bracelets. So, yeah. 
tell us about the first one uh, and what it was like and how you felt as you were getting closer and closer, if you even thought about the prospect of winning and how winning your first bracelet changed your life. Uh, the first one was the sweetest, for sure. There's no replicating your, your first bracelet. Uh, it was 2010, and I'd been playing World Series of Poker events regularly for the past six years, and I'd gotten pretty close a number of times. I'd, I'd made a number of final tables and often pretty good chip position, and I had a number of deep runs that were not that were not necessarily final tables, but where I was you know, at or near the chip lead pretty late and then lost a huge pot or something, and... Um, Good players kept telling me that I kept I, I kept thinking, wow, you can't actually win one of these things. I've I've I I keep you know coming close, but I, I'm never actually really sitting there heads up. I never I had no second places at the at the time. I, my best finish had been, I think at the time my best World Series of fin- finish might have been six. I did, I did have the third in the World Poker Tour Championship, but I couldn't seem to crack through to get to kind of the end of the final table. And good players were telling me, just keep knocking on the door. Eventually, it'll happen. You just got to, if you're if you're consistently getting chips and getting close, then you're going to break through one of these times. And you tell yourself that, but it, it, when you keep getting close and not hitting it, it can be hard to believe. But I looked at my data, and I was a pretty profitable World Series of Poker player even before I won a bracelet. So I kind of felt like, all right, well, maybe there's something to this. I'm turning a profit in these events. But... Then um, in 2010, when it all kind of came together, I, I got into day two with, I think, eight blinds in my stack. I was, it was a limit hold'em tournament. And I told my friend Russell, who I mentioned earlier, uh, as I was going to sit down to start day two, I said, just give me a few minutes to bust this tournament and then we can get lunch. And by the end of the day, I was near the chip lead. And then I was I kept getting knocked down. And I kept getting back up. It was a roller coaster ride the whole way. And so to answer your question, did I think about actually winning the bracelet – not too much before I actually won it because uh, Terrence Chan, my friend of mine and one of the best limit holding players in the world was at the final table with me and in fact was in the final three with me. And so I was mostly just focused on my strategy against him and the other tough players at the table. And then when it got heads up, I quickly found myself down in chips. And so my only focus was in trying to play my best heads up limit poker for, you know, a heads up match that it was worth about a hundred thousand dollars. If I recall correctly. So I'm not used to playing heads up of any kind of gambling game for that amount of money. So I was really trying to focus. And then, yeah, when the last card finally fell and I had I had it won, it was an amazing feeling and it was a huge monkey off my back. Well, how did your life change when you won the bracelet? How did my life change? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I think on a day-to-day basis, my life didn't change very much. I mean, the money was nice, but it wasn't something I necessarily needed to uh, make any changes in my lifestyle or my day to day. What did change was kind of, I didn't want to ever be known as the best player to never win a bracelet, which I was starting to get into that conversation, I think in 2010. And once I, once I won, I was able to kind of breathe a little bit easier and say, okay, well now I always, no matter what else happens the rest of my career, I can always say that I'm a bracelet winner and, I'll always have that and I'll feel a bit better. So a a friend of mine who had won a bracelet said, what you can do is if you're having a bad day at at your desk at work, you can kind of look at your bracelet and you'll feel a little better. And that's what I do. And it actually works. (laughs) That's what what he said to me. And so I've, I've tried that. It it, it does work a little, it doesn't always work. I mean, sometimes you're having a bad day looking at a bracelet is not going (laughs) to solve it for you, but it is, it is kind of uh, a nice thing to have. Well, it's and it must be a great thing to have three. Do you keep them together? Do you ever wear them? Uh, do they stay in a safety deposit box? How do you keep them? I can't remember the last time I wore one of these bracelets. I'm sure it was at one of those charity tournaments that we're talking about. I, I When I play a local charity tournament, I tend to bring out the bracelet for people to look at, but that's really the only time I ever wear them. I gave my second one to my dad. I kept the first one. I gave the second one to my dad. And the third one, I was like, well, I guess I'm keeping this one, too. Um, as for how to store them, I don't want to get robbed, so I won't say exactly where they are. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, they're, nice, they're nice to have around. Oh, and um, I'm glad, I was glad to be able to give one to my dad as well. I have a, a personal question for you, Matt. And I, I hope you don't take offense at this, but it's something that I've thought of and I've asked other people. You are an incredibly smart, articulate, good writer, uh, you're not like somebody who's 
uh, playing poker because that's all you can do. You have a degree in, in writing. Do you ever think, and no disrespect to the profession of being a poker player, it's a fine profession. Do you ever think, though, you know, I should really be doing something else, something that benefits the world more? Uh, I don't know. Do you ever go down that road? And if so, what do you think about? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, it's a a complicated question. And one thing I'll say is that I do spend a lot of time working on my fiction writing. That's what my graduate degree is in. I'm still very much trying to be a novelist. Not necessarily a novelist is making the world a better place either, but it's something I spend a lot of time on that I haven't made any money off of yet, but I still envision myself someday making the making the writing of novels and or the teaching of fiction writing my primary source of income. I actually, if you asked me this 10 years ago, I would have thought it would have happened by now, but the way poker has gone, it just hasn't worked out that way. Poker, the way poker has gone and the fact that I haven't written the most amazing novel ever yet that's kind of you know been published anywhere, but I'm still working very much on that craft as well. As for you know, making the world a better place, yeah, I mean, I think it's really tricky because if you're in the capitalist system that we're all in, you do have to make money for yourself to survive. So on the one hand, almost any job you can do can be used to benefit society if you turn around and donate to charity and use your money for good causes. Uh, I admit that I have not done as much of that as I would have liked over the years. Um, My wife and I had a baby boy two years ago, and so that's been a big focus of ours, and it's not left us a lot of um, disposable income, and so I haven't been able to use that path as much. Listeners, we're going to cut away. We'll be back after a quick break. Football is back, and the only place you need to go for all your college and pro betting action is PointsBet.com. If you haven't signed up with PointsBet, now is the perfect time. Awesome daily promos, odds boosters you won't find anywhere else, early payout promos, it's all at PointsBet.com, and you can bet from anywhere in New Jersey using your mobile device. And now PointsBet has a brand new offer for you, New Jersey, to welcome back football. Sign up using our promo code HOUSE, that's promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E, and you'll receive a free $100 bonus with a deposit of $50. That's right, you deposit $50 and you'll be able to bet with $150. Football is back and PointsBet is the place to be. Remember, you deposit $50, you bet with $150. And make sure you use our promo code HOUSE to get this special sign-up offer. That's promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. PointsBet, stay sharp. Must be 21 years or older, and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BABE16, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy, and six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code BABE16. That's BABE16 because without it, no free stuff. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. 
written by the leading experts in the gambling industry. All you'll need is one visit to usbets.com and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. You're listening to House of Cards. Check out our website at houseofcardsradio.com. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. For listeners who've just tuned in, we're speaking to the great player and writer, Matt Matros, who's just come out with a new book. Uh, And yes, I have toyed with the idea of doing something full-time also that would make the world a better place. And I've certainly has, I volunteer with a local organization, the New York Writers Coalition, that runs writing workshops for underserved populations. So I, w- I was um, working with, I would say, at-risk teenagers out in Coney Island, and other people have worked with homeless populations, incarcerated populations, and I'm a believer that giving people, the, giving such populations the, the tools to write and to tell their own story it can have lots of benefits that we don't necessarily know how to quantify. Um, so that's something I've done, and I try to play any charity tournament I get invited to, like all the ones that I saw you at. So basically I'm trying within, within this capitalist system we're all in where we all need to make money to make ends meet. I've been trying to also, as you say, do some things to help make the world a better place, but it is complicated. And um, for what it's worth, I think poker player as a profession at the very least is less harmful than a lot of other <laughs> professions <laughs> that you could choose to make money. And so uh, you know, I've kind of taken the first do no harm approach uh, to making the world a better place. And I have tried to be do other things, as, as I said, and I really res- respect and admire the heck out of professional activists and other people who are have chosen to make less money and to make the world a better place as part of their daily lives. And I think those people are amazing and they deserve all the credit in the world. And I haven't been able to do that for myself. But, yeah, I kind of there are definitely a lot of days where I wish I, I did do something like that. So you have a two-year-old kid. Is it a boy or a girl? Boy. Your two-year-old in four years says to you, Daddy, I want to learn how to play poker. And in 20 years says, Daddy, I want to be a professional poker player. What do you do in those two positions? Uh, Well, I think for a six-year-old, there are plenty of aspects of the game that can be helpful. It's tricky because of course there are addictive elements to poker like there are to many other things that six-year-olds could get involved in whether it's video games or um, eating junk food or whatever there's lots of things that kids will if if given no restraints will just go overboard with and I think poker could be one of them although if you limit it to just playing with physical chips and not, you know, letting them go on their, their screens and playing online poker or whatever, <laughs> the free version of <laughs> online poker all day. I think poker can teach kids about numbers, about uh, discipline, about interacting with people, about being a good sport, similar to how kids very young learn how to play chess. I mean, chess is a very competitive right. environment for young kids as well and tons of kids play it and they're taught sportsmanship and they're taught how to say good game even when they lose and they're taught how to lose with grace and there's a ton of losing in almost any game but certainly poker and I think kids learning how to lose and learning a little bit like as an introduction to probability and to numbers uh, and as an introduction to just logical thinking I think it can be great for six-year-olds now it's not going to be great for every six-year-old so I would have to see what my what kind of kid my, my son is in four years' time to really fully answer that question. I, I really don't think there should be any approach that's tailored to every six-year-old, but I think if you have the right kind of six-year-old and if you approach it the right way, the poker could be a great tool. As for becoming a professional at 22, 
of course, at that point, he'll be free to do whatever he wants. But my advice would be that it's a very hard thing to take on, especially in the modern era where, I mean, when I, when I came up as a professional, very few people had really any clue of what really good play looked like. And so just by kind of taking an analytical approach to poker, I immediately just had an advantage over most of the field where that's never going to be the case anymore. So it's, it's more of a grind now. You kind of have to play in lower buy-in events for a while, and there's still plenty of money to be made there. But you can't do what I did, which is jump into the biggest tournaments and have an edge. Like, that's never going to happen again. But you can. There's, there's still edges to be had, and if that's the way he wants to go, that's, that's totally fine. I don't think the allure will be there for him the way it was for me necessarily, because part of it, part of it was the novelty. No one was doing it when I was coming up, and this idea that you could make money playing a game, it seems so interesting and inviting to me. That I, and I loved playing the game, too. Uh, it's become so normalized now that I don't know if, they, if he'll feel about it the same way. And they're also, you know, the Internet was really only just coming to age in 1999 when I graduated from college. My first job was in the tech industry. But I, I think the kinds of things he could do with his life will be very different from the options I have. But the long, the long answer is, the short answer, rather, is that if he's 22 and really wants to try it, I'll give him all the caveats of why it's difficult, but it's going to be his decision, and I certainly wouldn't stop him. I think that's a very good place to end. Um, I want to just let our listeners know the game plan. I've read it. It's a very good book. It will help the amateur if they are interested in pursuing tournament poker. I think it's excellent. You've been uh, a great guest, Matt, and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, Ashley. I really enjoyed being here. Okay. Uh, That'll do it, listeners. Um, We're going to end the show, but come back next week. And until then, good luck and good day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.